This message was presented at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Heavenly Father, so grateful for your goodness and your love and your grace. Now, Lord, as we have always asked you before each meeting, pour out your spirit in an awesome way and guide us to the truth that will, that will make us the GYC that will usher in your coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, we're going to roll. I'm going to do, I'm gonna have to do this manually because I don't have the, 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 the clicker here. Um, so I'll be pushing it manually. And uh, so today, let me give the, uh, my name is Gregory Jackson. This is session five. And the topic is surrender, the, the key to receiving the seal of God. Now, if you have missed um, some of the others or all of the other sessions, there, there are some key issues or key um, scriptures and quotes that we have used as building blocks to get to where we are now. So um, you might want to uh, get the tapes or whatever they are offering here. I don't know because I'm not involved with that, but they're taping every session. And if what you hear here intrigues you uh, and you want to know more or you have questions about it, want to make sure it's solid, um, you can get the other uh, tapes or whatever way they're going to be selling them to uh, these sessions to, to see. But I, I am convinced that what I'm discussing here is the missing ingredient that, that we need to get into the kingdom. Because we've been preaching this message for over 150 years. And uh, the church is not getting closer to God. It's getting further away. And there is something missing in all these truths that we have that is key. And what I've been sharing in these seminars, I believe to be the key. As a matter of fact, from my perspective, I know it is. You have to hear and then let uh, be decide uh, in prayer whether you feel that way as well. But listen with an open mind because it is something that we're, we're, uh, we're not used to hearing. Um, and matter of fact, that makes me think about some of the quotes that I had before that possibly I need to share here. But basically, I'll just say it, and, uh, and uh, you can get Now, also the quotes, all the quotes I'm doing, I had handouts, but they ran out. And so you can sign up if you want to get the quotes. Uh, give your name and your email address, and they'll digitally send them to you, and you'll have them. So uh, you can do that. Now, um, I'm just going to go right into it. But I'm telling you, what, I ha what I'm sharing with you are not new truths, but a new revelation and unfolding of the old truths that will take us from one stage of truth to the next, because truth is progressive. And uh, we cannot get stuck at one level and say, well, that's the way we've always believed it. Well, then there's more truth, because evidently it is. That's why we're still here. <laughs> evidently it is. Uh, but it, the new truths, the new development or unfolding of the old truths do not defy the old truths. They just establish them to be greater and expand them. And you will see that what I'm giving you is an expansion of the truths that we have held, but it's going to cause us to have to adjust our understanding of some things. And we, as those who have been following us realized, we had to adjust our definition of what's good. We had to adjust our uh, definition of what's righteous. We had to adjust our definition of what is sin. Uh, because it had expanded so that it makes room to understand this fresh and new unfolding of the truth. This subject here is like we're in the college now. We start off at elementary. This is college or grad school. Uh, um, so I say that to say there's some things that you're jumping in on if you haven't heard, and you might be saying, well, how did he get there? Well, again, get the tapes. Now, so I'm going to jump right into it. I, 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 this morning I wrestled with this thing because 
I flipped it all around. Some Lord just impressed me. No, change it. And I've been trying to search. And I'm still in the process, but God will work. We'll, we'll be working it on the run. So be praying with me as we go through this. Let's start here. Because yesterday, I talked about the Sabbath, and we had a fresh unfolding of that. Uh, and basically, what, what, to sum up what the Sabbath is, we have traditionally said we are six days we can do our labor, which is what the Bible says. And the seventh day, we stop that labor because we, the Sabbath is holy. And the reason we stop that labor is because that labor is secular and it is what? Unholy. Now, but, you know, that's where we are. But that, that established a basis right there. And the basis of truth that it established there is our work is unholy. But there's more to understand. There's going to expand, there's going to expand on that. If our work is holy, unholy, then if we are going to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, then we cannot do any work anytime. Because God wants us to walk in holiness 24-7. But he has to meet us where we are. And so he was dealing with uh, the children of Israel that had just come out of Egypt, and he had to do baby steps and establish a basic truth. And the basic truth is this, and in order to go to the next truth, you have to understand this. Any of our work is sinful. If it's going to be holy, it has to be the work of the Spirit. That's why the Bible says, don't walk in the flesh. Those who walk in the flesh cannot please God. Because the flesh does not know God, will never know God, does not trust God, and will never be converted. It has to be killed. And the Sabbath truth is <clears throat> when fully exploded or understood, unfolded, will teach us and keep us walking in the spirit and never walking in the flesh. And in order to understand that, you must understand the missing ingredient, which is daily surrender of the will, which is the substance of everything in the Bible. And if you don't have that substance, your interpretation of the, <clears throat> of the scripture, even though you'll be quoting it, will be off kilter. And that's why we are still here. The missing ingredient is surrender of the will. Now, uh, I don't know if I remember to, to put these quotes in here because I did this this buffet and then ran down the ramp to get here. So let me, let me just back it up because uh, I think I can get it there from there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I can go there. But if it's at, not at the end of it, I'm not going to keep going back. Uh, Ah, here we go. Okay, I'm going to go here. The first step in the path of obedience is to what? That's the first step. We've been jumping straight to obedience. How do you serve, get righteousness? By, oh, we divine sin this way. Sin is what? Go straight to keeping the law. And that's true. But a deeper definition of sin is not agreeing with God, not being in Jesus Christ. Then I'm going to put it even more simply. The clearest definition of sin is walking in your flesh. Anything you do in the power of your fleshly will or your fleshly grit is sin. If it's not Jesus in you, that's why the title of this is G Christ in me equals G-Y-C. The, the only way we can be the generation of youth for Christ is that we live by the mantra, not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. In order to live by that, we must allow Christ to crucify our flesh every day. And the way we do that is by surrender of the will. Because when we give Jesus control of our will every day, then he has our total life in his hands. Because people say, I, I haven't surrendered all yet. 
No, you have. You must surrender all every day. And then God, as you have fellowship with the Lord, his process of judgment, because he is light and in him is no darkness. And if you have that intimate walk with God, Christ is in you. The law of the spirit of life, those of you that have been, the law of the spirit of life will reveal and shed light on the things that we have been doing in the flesh, and even though we've called it holy, it's sinful because it was not God. And that's why it says the Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. It didn't say sins, plural. Sin, singular. Sin, singular, is walking in the power of your flesh and not in the power of God. Let me just back up one more step. When Jesus, when God created us, he breathed into us the breath of life. Now, folk, that breath of life was not just physical life. Because you know what? When he gave life into the animals, they had physical life. He didn't breathe into them. My thing there, I need to cut that volume down. It's in my coat. Um, he didn't breathe into them his spirit. When he breathed into man, he said, and then he said, man was made in the image of God. What makes us in the image of God, in 1 Corinthians uh, 6 tells us, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. When he breathed life, it was more than physical life. You better believe that. It was the Holy Spirit. And when man and mankind, Adam and Eve, sinned, they died that very day because the Spirit of God left them and they were spiritually dead. That very day. And so we're walking dead men looking to find life in Jesus Christ. We're going to read that in a minute. So the only way... And so when we try to keep, be holy in our deadness, it's sin. Everything we do in it is sin. Therefore, the first step in the path of obedience is to surrender the will so Jesus can kill the flesh and cause us to be born again in the spirit. Let me just say this while I'm there. I'm just giving you all a review now. That doesn't mean this is not the Wizard of Oz. It's not like you click your heels and you're in Kansas all of a sudden. No. You grow in grace now. But there is no condemnation in Christ because in Christ there's a law that guarantees if you stay in him, you're going to be what you need to be when you need to be it. And so that the Bible says, we don't know what we shall be, but when we do know this, when, we, when he appears, we shall be like him. And the only way that is going to happen is something above and beyond our humanity must be in control. Christ in you, Christ in me. The hope of glory. And we preach that, and that's in uh, Colossians 1, 25 to 27. says, wherefore we preach warning every man to be perfect in Christ. And the way and the power that gives us to preach it, he says that, that and he is working by his power in us, working in us mightily. We can't increase the gospel unless we're dealing surrender with power. That's going to convict the world, to get it into all the world. One more thing. Oh, boy, as I go along. We haven't hit it yet, but I'm doing some reviews so you can have at least some basis. Jesus is not waiting for us to get this gospel into all the world. Well, I'm going to say it again because you're saying, I know you're saying, what? Doesn't the Bible say this gospel is going to go into it? Yes, it does say that. But it doesn't say that that's what he's waiting for. The Spirit of Prophecy makes it clear what he's waiting for. So does uh, uh, 2 Peter 3. God is not slack concerned, but is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a knowledge of repentance. So then it says, what kind of man are we? Holy, spotless, and without blame. He's waiting. And then the Spirit of Prophecy tells us in Christ's Object Lesson, I call it the, the inspired commentary. Uh, tells us in Christ's Object Lessons, page 69, Christ is waiting for the, the, uh, for the manifestation of his character to be perfectly reproduced in his people. All of this is going to tie into sealing the, receiving the seal of God and rejecting the mark of the beast, which is the topic for today. Says, uh, uh, um, yeah, so that's there. He's waiting for us to manifest his character. When his character, the more his character is in and the way we hasten his coming. So where all who uh, were uh, his followers reproducing his character, how quickly this gospel will go into all the world. 
once Jesus, once, and, it, and then it tells in Romans 8.28, he will finish the work and he will cut it short. How? In righteousness. The only delay is he's waiting on his people, Laodicea. Stop thinking that you're rich and increased with goods because of your works. You think you're rich and increased with goods because you say you keep the Sabbath holy and you got all of the, you have no need of anything. He said, but you don't know your spiritual condition. All that righteousness, you have to buy it from me. All of that love you have to say, you have to buy it from me. Because if you look in the church today, just be honest. If you look in the church today, you don't see the majority of the people manifesting the fruits of the spirit. You see manifesting the works of the flesh. With all this knowledge we've been preaching, we've been carrying this gospel, and we're saying, we have to get to, there's a country in Africa we haven't got to yet, and we're going to take that same gospel, the way we've been preaching it, to the, them, and manifest the same kind of fruit. Jesus is not waiting for humanity to do his work. He is waiting for humanity to let him do his work in them so he can do his work through them. And when we get on that key, Jesus will do a work of judgment quickly. That's why the judgment is good news. Oh, my goodness, I haven't gotten to this thing yet. But it's still a part of it. We always have to, well, and I know when I was little, I was scared of judgment. And that's why there has been within the work People have come up and say the judgment is not gospel. Well, in a sense, they have a point. In a sense. See, every error, it has some truth in it. You better believe that. Elsewise, what power would it have? There is an element of truth. There. The way we have been preaching it is not gospel. Because the old school, and I'm fourth generation, I know what we preached. I know it well. We used to have me scared. They said, well, you better make sure that when Jesus comes to your name, you better be right. And I remember, I'm going to just tell you what I got. I mean, the first time I eat into the movie theater. I sat up there scared to death. I said, Lord, please don't come to my name. Wait till I get up out of here. Not now, not now, not now, not now, not now. You see, and that's not good. And that's why he wants us to take this, this gospel. And it says, having the everlasting gospel. What's the everlasting gospel? Jesus saved. That's the gospel that's everlasting. And, and then you have manifestations or expansions on that thing Jesus saved. In that, and it tells that generation exactly what God is doing to save that generation. The gospel for Noah's day, get up in the ark. I was present true. That's how Jesus was working to save that generation. Now, you can have a whole lot of problems. You can have more than one wife, Abraham. You could be doing a whole lot of other things. But one thing you had to do, you had to hear that present truth gospel of how Jesus was working to save that generation. And if you did not walk in that present truth, you would be lost. You had to get up and off. Then you're going down the line. You know, it's present truth. Present truth for today is this. Fear God and give him glory. How you're going to do it. Why? For the hour of his what? Judgment has come. That's the gospel for today. That's the good news for today. That's telling us how Jesus is saving. But if you're not taking the first step and surrendering your will, he cannot judge you. Because judgment is revealing every secret thing. And that's good news. Before he comes. Now, the end time judgment is what we basically mean preach. When he comes, your name is all over. No, if you walk with Jesus, the light will shed because as you walk with him, the judgment will be revealed and he'll show you everything you need to know. And if you do the work, surrender, Jesus will clean you up so that when he comes, you will look like him. That's good news. I'm going to tell you something. I was in the service. I went to Vietnam. God bless me there, even in my foolishness. That's another story. But, 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 here's what they did. They told us that the inspector general was coming to inspect our quarters. Now, if you've been in the service, especially when you're in, the, uh, when you're in wartime, they want you, when the inspector general, I mean, it's white glove inspection. He'll, he'll have a white glove and he'll wipe all over, down the cracks everywhere. 
if he sees any speck of dust, you fail. You fail. So when they say, so it's like judgment. They say, but they pre-warned us. They say, look, the inspector general is coming. So you better get your stuff together. Now, that is, that is, the gospel is better than that. Here's what the gospel is. Now, so we had to get ourselves together on that. That's humanity. Gospel is, Jesus is getting ready to come. When he comes, you're going to have to look just like him. Because if you don't look like him, you're going to burn up. Not, because sin is, sin, is, sin is combustible. And, and the presence of Jesus sets sin on fire. He's going to consume sin. Sin can't stand in his presence. And if we have any spot in us, oof. So that's why folks going to say, I'm running to the rocks. Anybody can't hide. There is no hiding place. If it's in you, it's coming out. Now, if you got Christ in you, you're good to go. Here's what God says. Take this gospel of judgment into all the world. Let the people of the world know what I'm doing in heaven right now that's going to save them. I'm going to show you every secret sin. And all you have to do is agree with me and surrender and say, yes, Lord, you're right. I'll forgive you. We already went through it. Those of you that I will forgive you and I will cleanse you of it. And if you keep on, when I finish, there's not going to be any more sin. He's going to seal it. And you won't move. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. That's good news. That makes me say, thank you, Jesus. A wretch like me has an opportunity. I'm not set back because of what Adam and Eve did. Jesus has made up the difference. And now all I have to do is what they did. Make a decision for Jesus. Make a choice. That's all I have to do. And Jesus will do the rest of the Amen. Oh, Lord, this is good news. So don't get mad because of what Adam and Eve did. Because we're sin abounded, crazy, there's much more abound. Jesus made up the difference. Now you have no excuse. There will be nobody that will be able to stand before God and give a good reason, a good reason why to be saved. Because if it's good, the just and true, and I plan on being that team, if somebody that I love can come up to the Lord and say, well, Lord, I was lost because so-and-so was foolishness and their foolishness stopped me from hearing you. If, they, if that's good, then I'm going to say, Lord, you can't burn them up. No, I don't agree with that. The Lord will say, whatever happened, I, my grace made up, and it made it so that you, all you had to do is the same thing Adam and Eve had to do every day with that garden, that tree in the garden. Make a choice. Are you going to let me be God of your life, or are you going to try to be on your own? Are you going to surrender to me and let me work in you and stay and abide in you? Are you going to abide in me? Are you going to remain a temple of my Holy Ghost? Because if you do, you're going to be as much like me as you possibly can be. I'm going to give you a world. I'm going to give you a kingdom. You rule over it. Whatever you say, name the animals. And that's whatever name you give them, that's their name. Because you are the child of a son and daughter of God. You're mine. And you're going to be like me. And I want you to reign like me. I want you to be as much like me as possible. Therefore, you have to have free will. And you can choose who you will serve. But I tell you, if you choose any other God than me, which is yourself, then you will die and you'll lose it all. But guess what? I got a plan in place for that too. And I'm not going to let you go that easy. The devil and the angels were amazed when God made that move. They said, what kind of God is this? You see, we are a theater for the world. Even the angels are beginning to understand God better because of us. This thing is going to settle the issue, not just for this world, but for the universe. And sin will never arise again because everyone has seen the results of it. And they say, we do not want that to ever happen. And the redeemed are going to be closer to God than any other creation. Because of what I'm going to share with you today. If I ever get to it. 
ah, there's so much more. Boy, I'm telling you, when I get this, it's exciting. This truth, and it just unfolds and falls in place. When you put surrender in its right place, everything else falls. Pop. You say, ah, that's clear to me now. Now, I never understood how judgment was good news. This is good news, because it guarantees, it's, it's again, oh, let me finish this. If, they, if the general, inspector general, if they told me the inspector general is going to come, but before he comes, he's going to give you time. He's going to come there and show you everything that's wrong and help you clean it up so that when he comes, you're guaranteed to pass. Woo! When, when, if anybody's lost, huh, can I, do I have time to tell this Lord? My oldest son got killed. The one that was named after me, I, when I saw him, I saw him coming through where I was in the birthing place. I helped the birth process. And when I saw him and, and, I, and I, I felt so, whew, I didn't walk out of the hospital. I floated. <laughs> I said, that's my child. He's blood of my blood. I gave him my name. 24 years later, I got a call. I was in the ministry and he said, to him, well, they didn't know anybody. He said, Reverend Jackson. I didn't try to take time to explain to him. Well, you shouldn't call me Reverend. I can go to him. Yes. Uh, your son named Gregory Jackson? Yes. Uh, we're calling to let you know he's been killed. Two o'clock in the morning. What? My mind couldn't wrap around that. I had to rush to that store. Anyway, I rushed down. I was living in Cleveland, um, no, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, where I was passing at the time. He was in Huntsville, Alabama, where he, he was 24 years old. He was... He was a golden child. I mean, he was 24 years old. He was 24 years old. Thank you. Always do that. He was 24 years old. And uh, he had his life in order so that when he did pass, he had a 401k that was out of stuff. His mother was able to survive on that for like years. Bought new car, two, new, two new cars for his younger brothers. Paid their, because they were in college, I was paying their tuition. And uh, she paid for their uh, um, um, uh, 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 apartment for a year. I mean, and then she did. I mean, he 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 was he was he was he was he was, uh, he was special. I walk uh, when we drove down there, and uh, I, I went into the room. I, he was laying on the slab, uh, uh, slab, and they hadn't cleaned him up. And I saw a hole in his head where they killed him. And they never did find who did it. Uh, later on, the Lord showed revealed through my younger son, who was anyway. I just, uh, it didn't matter. Long story short, I preached his, I preached his uh, eulogy with power. And the place was packed. God packed that place out. It was packed. And they expected to see me broken up. But God has spoken. Because normally now, I'm going to tell you, the night after I, watched, after I saw him on that slab and I saw that hole in his head, I went home and I went to sleep. And I went so deep in depression that when I awakened, I'm telling you, literally I could not see. I was, and I felt like I was just falling in a dark deep, endless pit, and I couldn't stop myself. I was just free-falling. I mean, I actually felt this way. I only felt that way one other time when I was tripped out off of acid and I was dying. And the Lord saved me from that. Well, the same thing here because I was falling down like, I'm, I'm like just dying really, feeling like it. And one little lighter thought came into my mind, said, talk to God. Talk to God. I started talking to him. I said, Lord, I made a deal with you. Once you gave me understanding of this message, I said, Lord, I'm all the way for you, but you have to give me guarantees that you're going to protect my family, especially my children, because the devil can't get to me because I'm going to stay in you, but he's going to come after my family. And I'm putting my children in... I'm putting my children in danger. Because of my decision. So you're going to have to give them extra grace in their foolishness.
Go on. When I saw him laying there, I went home and said, Lord, you gave me assurance and you said you were going to give him every opportunity, even like you did on the thief on the cross. Last minute. I'm going to do it. I said, that's good enough. And I came and I said, Lord, don't seem like you did your part. Don't seem like you held up your part of the bargain. Well, he's began to talk to me. And I can't go through all that, but here it's because it's a personal experience, and God knows how to talk to that individual, what they need. And all I needed was this, and this is what he convinced me of. This is what he convinced me of. Greg, I did my part. That's all he had to say to me. I did my part. After that, I was good. I was good. I said, okay, Lord, if you did your part, that I know the power of your love. I know you are a loving God and you will go through hell in high water to save us all. And if you did that for my child, I'm good. Because one thing I know is this. I know my child's character. Plus God had worked out now. Help me hear him finish this story. He worked out where my son called me about a month before that and said, Dad, I have God has been working with me. I want to change my life because he was good. But he was about money. That's all. Most people say, oh, you got a good child. No, he, you know, he, in his flesh here, but he loved money. He served mammon. He didn't serve God, you know, and you can be lost. And his situation came over money. To be told, it's another whole story. But anyway, um, so I said, I know that his heart is not that hard, that he's going to fight off. Once you show him and, and let him see your love and give him that last chance, he's going to make it right. I know it. So if that man did that, you, if he were handed together, you would give him time to get it together. I'm good. And here, and I preached his sermon with power and authority, and I encouraged my children. I said, look, and I said, I, I believe with all my heart. And they believed it because they know my connection with God, because they know that is real. And we made a pact that day, and it's working out, because they have changed, turned around their lives. It hadn't happen right then. But it started happening, and now oh, I wish I could tell it. But anyway, uh, we made a pact. I said, let's, if you love me, let's make it a pact that we're going to be a family forever. And we're going to see Greg in that kingdom. And they believed it because of that. And, that's, and so that's worked. But anyway, I'm saying, and, I can, and the people were amazed, say, how can he have this? You see, God can wipe away every tear. If we surrender, I don't beat people up when they, when they, when they cry over loss, loss of one. But I'm telling you, we shouldn't weep like folk that have no hope, though. We be weeping like, oh, why? See, that's, but if you, see, if you connect with the Lord and the Spirit of God is in you, he can speak to you. And you hear his voice, my sheep, know my voice. And he can, then he can say, Greg, and listen, oh, help me, Lord, I ain't got to this thing yet. Uh, but, 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 but listen now, here's the thing. There are times when in my humanity, I miss my child. I just want to hear his voice. Yeah, the Lord, sometimes, I just, before I could just pick up the phone and call him, because he'd say, Greg, how you doing? Just hearing his voice. Yeah, I'm okay, Dad. So, when those times come, I talk to my God, because he says in me is life. He said, I am not only the resurrection, I am the life, meaning the reason I can raise them back up, because their life is in me. Amen. And if you had a right walk with me, you can still feel the presence of your son in me. This is the truth of the state of the dead. We get all into the state of death, we just got facts. And we fall apart when our loved ones die because we don't have the truth. The fact is, oh, the soul happens to go back and the, 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 the dead, the, the, we can tell all of that, but, but we don't know that if you are not in Christ, you're already dead. But if you're in Christ, there's life, and that life is in Christ. So when I want to feel the presence of my son, I press closer to Jesus. And he heals me. And that's why the comforter can comfort you. Because he says, here's her folks. Jesus is the answer. 
Jesus is the answer. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. If you don't get anything else out of this, get that. Get that. Okay. Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> Woo. I didn't plan to do all that, but I guess the Lord did it. Anyway. Anyway. The first step in the path of obedience is to surrender the will to God. That's the missing ingredient. Now, and we're going to deal practically in my sixth section, which is tomorrow. Please, if at all possible, be there. Okay, now. The war, now, I'm just reading it. The war against itself is the greatest battle because people say, well, that's nothing. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's everything. It's the greatest battle you'll ever fought, and the only battle you asked to fought. Fight. And Jesus will give you the strength to fight that battle. See, so the yielding of self, surrendering all to the will of God, requires it. See, when you yield self, that, and you yield, that's the will. You give him permission to take control of your con- uh, Read the last uh, paragraph in Scepter Christ, the chapter in Consecration, the last powerful. He said, you know, we make promises and they're like ropes of sand that we're going to do good. You know, try to obey the law. We're going to stop doing it. And they're like ropes of sand. You don't do it. You don't do it. He said, you need to understand the power of the will. Then it tells you what the will is, the choice. It said, we, we, cannot, we cannot change our hearts. We can't stop loving what we love. We can't, you know, none of that we can do. He said, but we can make a choice. We can choose to serve him. How do you do it? You can give him your will. Give him your will. Give him permission to control your life. And then he'll work in you both to will and to do. And he won't do it without your permission. It's not like you'll be a robot. People say, well, then I become a robot. No, you don't, because that's why you have to choose it every day. It's the correct use of your choice. You, you, it's not, he doesn't do away with your choice. He, he says you use it correctly. Come back into connection with me, and you won't lose yourself. I, that's in my first book I dealt with, and I told you about I have the three books. The Surrender, tell him what it is. We, one of our greatest fears is if I give God control of my life, I'll lose myself. I won't, I won't, I'll become a robot. No, you won't. You'll be more free than you ever were. Because sin makes you a slave. You don't have a choice in that. I know. I've done it called myself. I just want to be free to enjoy myself. But once you get hooked up in it, you're not free. People say, well, if you're all that free, stop doing it. Stop doing it. You can't stop. Not all of it. We say, well, I can stop that. Well, that really wasn't your issue. And some people say, well, I don't have a problem. That's your problem right there. <laughs> okay, now, <clears throat> now uh, the yielding of self-surrendering all to the will of God requires a struggle because humanity, flesh, wants to be God. That's what sin is, taking God's place. Oh, I'm going to obey the commandments. You can't obey the, obey the commandments. And if your flesh does it, it's sin. So stop calling stinkiness righteousness. And we're preaching that across the world, and God has, God has accepted that. That's where we were. Of course, in 1888, he tried to get us to understand righteousness by faith, which is surrendered until you do. See, you can talk righteousness by faith and end up still doing God's work. Because righteousness by faith, righteousness by faith like this. Well, if, if you have enough faith in Jesus, you'll keep, you'll keep the commandments perfectly. You will keep it. And I'm not against, you know, perfection the right way. I am against perfectionism. Perfectionism is holy flesh. Meaning, you can obey. If your faith is right, you can obey it. Well, as if your faith, it's not your faith anyway. It's Jesus' faith. And when it's Jesus' faith, you don't take the credit for it. And you don't claim to be all that righteous. You will never claim it because you are constantly seeing how in your flesh you're sinful. Even when you're not falling to it, you still see it. And so that's why you never feel like, oh, I've arrived. Because the closer you come to Jesus, the more you see how ugly you are naturally. And if you're not falling to it, you know it's only by his grace I can't trip. Because it's not me, it's Christ in me. So give him the glory. Because all I am, I am because of him. Oh, help me. Okay, let's, come on. I'm going to start getting real fast now. 
talking fast, like, you know, that's when y'all hear me. Anyway, no man can serve two masters. This is the law. I, I need you to understand this, folks. No man can serve two masters. He will hate the one, love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, the way we have uh, uh, interpreted the uh, fourth commandment is six days you can labor and serve mammon. Oh, yes. Yes. Mammon is money. You know six days you out there working trying to get that money. That's your purpose. Now, every now and then you want to bring God in it. You want to do some witnessing instead of be a witness. We're not to stop doing witnessing. You know, we're going to, well, we feel like if I go out and pass out now, I've, I've done my job for this week over here. Really, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you not to go out and pass. Don't get me wrong. But I'm, I am telling you that that is not what the Lord is waiting for. And that's not what the world is waiting for. They're waiting to see Jesus. In. They want you to be the literature. Because that piece of paper don't mean anything to them. They don't know who these people are that we are all excited about. They don't know these people. That's just a name of stranger to them. And God still works with that, but we ain't going to get into the kingdom with that. God, we're getting little, little, little tricklings because God, but God is saying if we get out the way, I will pour out showers. We think we're doing something when we, you know, in a year we, you know, baptize a thousand or so. I'm talking about one church if we go there. I don't think we'd even do that. We get excited about it. I'm not knocking it. But, folks, what Jesus will do will make that look like nothing. And we need, it's time. We need to stop wandering down here. It's time to go home. Time to go home. Anyway, see, so we can't, we can't sow to the flesh six days. That's another law. Law of sowing and reaping. You sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you reap everlasting life. Now, what do you see more in the church? Corruption or everlasting life? And we keep doing the same thing, what we've been doing, and insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Now, am I degrading the Sabbath? No, I'm expanding it. When you get the right, when you get the substance of his preaching in the right place, then you understand how Sabbath will do it. See, and God says, okay, I accept that where you are. 1888, he was going to expand it then, but the leadership, now I'm white, I mean, inspired, inspired, you know, the, the prophet said, oh, you know, this is it, this is it. Church in the morning, he says, okay, still my church. But I'm gonna have to work with it. And, and, and so we're still in that thing of, well, the Sabbath, and, and if you, and, and here's, oh. so there are God's people that are walking in Sabbath truth. They just don't have the day yet. But they're resting in Jesus. That's the Sabbath truth. The Sabbath fact is the seventh day is the sign, it's not the rest. It's a sign, and the sign will be legitimate when the pressure comes, and the Lord says, my sheep that in other churches, when I call them, because they have the relationship, they know me, they know my voice, and when I call them, they're going to come. Oh, Lord, I got 10 minutes, I ain't even hit it. Here we go. Let me do this. I'm going to go right here. I'm going to go right here. I'm going to go right here. I had a whole lot of other stuff. Let me go. I can't hear that. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay, let's go here. Oh, I don't hear it. I don't hear it down there. Uh, I was way up there. Talking about rest. That's talking about Hebrews. But let me just say this. Let me just say this. Jesus said, for had he given them rest, I will hit this, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. He has ceased from his who? The only way you can cease from your own works is let Jesus, Jesus crucify your flesh. That's the only way you can cease. And you can't enter into rest because if you're doing it, you're working hard. If Christ is doing it, you're resting in him. And instead of getting weary, you get more vibrant. But our understanding of the Sabbath has to be expanded Whereas we don't think that the labor for the six days is different from the labor of God. 
Because on six days, we are off on our own. And then the seventh day, we try to get holy. You can't sow and not reap. And we're sowing six days to one. Six to one. What are the odds? And the Lord said, we can't get into the kingdom like that. What six does? Now, 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 now. If I can't get the rest of it. Six is the number of the name of the beast. Now, that man of sin, one man, cannot control the whole world unless the whole world relates to what he's talking about. If you have the number of the name, name is character. Six. If you still have that number, you depend on your flesh. And when the beast tells you you can no longer depend on your flesh unless you sign up. I don't care what you know intellectually, theologically. Just like we fall apart when we lose our loved ones, even though we know the, the facts about the state of the dead. Guess what? You will sign up. Because you will say, how can I make it? I've been used to depending on sick. I've been six days working in my strength. Now you're going to tell me I can't work in my strength at all? What am I going to do? If you have been keeping the Sabbath holy and in six days doing the work, taking no thought, but seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you were just doing ministry. I don't have time to cover that. Get the tapes. I've already dealt with that, that mindset of ministry. You still do the same thing because people say, what are you talking about walking in holiness? I got to still pay bills. Jesus knows you have to pay bills. He's not telling you. Oh, let me just tell you, the main form of witness that the world is waiting for is for you to go to your job with ministry mindset, for you to go to the store with ministry mindset, for you to do whatever you do with ministry mindset, and the gospel is being preached every day through you around the world and people will see and if there's a meeting that they need to come to the Holy Spirit will say I bet some people but you're preaching see we like to sit up here and, 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 and it's just like the world there's one man up there and we worship the man and feel like we can't do evangelism unless we get the great man stop it we need the Holy Spirit and he's in you and you are the man, you are the woman, and we are the people. And when God's people get on fire for God and let God manifest himself in them, the last message of mercy, I'm quoting now, the last message of mercy will be a revelation of his character in his people. Oh, now, <clears throat> so the ceiling. Let me come here. Oh, I don't have time. It's just so I said that. Let me get here. Let me, I got that, I got that, I got that. Come on, let's get here. Let's get, ha, 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 ha. I got to hit this one. Here's the pace of the saints. Where am I? Five minutes? Oh, here. Here's the pace of the saints. Here are they that what? Keep. And what else? Ha. You cannot keep the commandments without having the faith of God. Faith of Jesus. Can't do it. See, we've been trying to keep the commandments. But these are they, the ones that's going to be sealed, are the ones that's going to keep the, keep the commandments of, of God and keep the faith of Jesus. First of all, you got to get the faith of Jesus. If you keep the Sabbath right, you'll keep the faith of Jesus. And if you keep the Sabbath, you will keep the commandments. But without the faith of Jesus, it cannot be done. Here's, now, here's how the faith of Jesus comes. Ah, ah. Let's wind it up with this. Hopefully, I can do it. Well, come on. Let's go. I'm crucified with Christ. But I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. See, I, see, see all the number of his name. The number of his name is six, y'all. It says, let us hear wisdom. Let him that understand count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. It is the number of all mankind. That's why the man of sin. So we always focus, we focus on a fact about, oh, that's the pope, that's the pope. No, it's you. The pope is just going to convict you that you got the number. <clears throat> And if we don't, and that's why God says, get this thing right now. This is our message. This is what we're supposed to be preaching with our lives. And that's the only way the six is going to get out of us. That's the only way. So here it is. I'm going to, because 
Read Ephesians 2, 1. We are by nature children of wrath. That's the way we are. We have to be quickened by God because we're already dead. You know, the man of sin, that's it. We got all that. We got all that. Ah, ha, 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 ha. See, oh, Lord, I can't go there. I already did. Here's what I'm going to end with. Galatians. I, number six, flesh, am crucified with Christ, number seven. Seven is righteousness, full, you know, completion. The Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. Come unto me, all ye that labor, six, and I will give you rest, seven. I am crucified, I, six, natural grid, am crucified with Christ, seven. Nevertheless, I, once I'm crucified, seven, live, yet not I, six, because it's dead. But Christ, seven, lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of the faith of Jesus, not just faith in Jesus, his faith, his righteousness, his power, his peace, his joy, his all. And what we're doing now is Jesus, as we daily surrender, every day, walking in judgment, God through judgment will reveal the six. We repent, confess, agree with him, and, and surrender. He forgives and cleans us and puts more seven. Less than he, and the more we walk with him, he crucifies six, more seven, crucifies six, more seven, till, till he gets it all the way seven, and then he will come when the fruit is brought forth immediately. He put us in the sickle because the harvest has come. Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself, number seven, fully in his church, when the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come, and judgment is the way he will do it. That's why it's the gospel for today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please, Father, take away the six and seal us with the seven. Help us to cooperate and agree with your work, the work of judgment. And then, Lord, as we have it, we can give it to others, so that all who want to be saved will be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. This message was recorded at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.